Hello, you are listening to a Ducking Good podcast by Bath Time. We're great at puns, we are. And this is our second version of the podcast uh, where we're going to look at our March issue uh, and the cover story of this issue covered digital distractions and how technology affects us at university. Uh, I'm Glenn, uh, the Bath Time Editor-in-Chief, and I'm here with... Felix, News Editor. And Nicola, Lifestyle Editor. Uh, so Felix, Felix was the the guy behind the uh, the initial idea to write this story. Uh, Felix, what what inspired you to go down this route with the cover story? Well, um, we started a unit at the beginning of the semester, and the lecturer told us that we weren't allowed either our phones or our computers in lecture hall. And I found that really surprising. And she had us do mindfulness in lectures and uh, she had us read a bunch of articles about what digital distractions did to us in our academic life. Um, so I decided maybe you can dig into this in the university life, and that is what we did. That's brilliant. So we interviewed that lecturer um, in the cover story, but we'll get onto that a little bit later. Uh, before we do, uh, Nicola, would you like to tell us how we began our research for this story? Um, so yeah, so we did a bit of a survey among students and the results, yeah, they did confirm that we saw that 92% had in fact used social media in a lecture over the past few days, which pretty much indicates that it's routine now, you go to a lecture, you have your phone out, you can check it whenever you like, um, which I found quite interesting because I know my mum's always banging on, oh we never had phones in our day, we never had any of this, but they quite literally didn't. They'd go to a lecture and they'd be there to listen to the lecture. The mm. whole culture has changed now. Um, and we just wanted to explore whether that was a good thing, whether that was a bad thing. Yeah, we also had people tell us the time that they were spending on their phones. And kids on, on screen time on the iPhone, you can find that out. And the average screen time in the last week per day was three hours and 50 minutes, which if you add it up, is more than a, an entire day per week, so more than 24 hours. Yeah, it's quite shocking. That something that shocked me from that survey, uh, I think the more shocking stat really, uh, was that 76% agreed uh, that they were uh, addicted to technology. Um, and when it becomes an addiction, I know we, we kind of band that term around a little bit when it comes to phones and things like that. Uh, it's obviously not on the same level of as chemical addictions, although I'm sure there's some well, I think it is. psychologists I think it is. or Felix that would argue that it is on the same level as chemical addictions. But yeah. the, the fact that so many of us do feel that way, uh, two-thirds, that, that is quite shocking. Mm. Well, that's interesting about the chemical addiction, because if you compare it to drug addiction, that's what we covered in you know looking at the international research. Uh, they actually showed that um, being addicted to, for example, email uh, and phone che checking uh, led to a fall of in 10 IQ points in comparison to someone who wasn't addicted, and that's twice as much as someone addicted to marijuana. marijuana. I, I think this topic's just, um, you could say it's just one big elephant in the room. I think the interesting aspects are in the subtleties is the fact that everyone knows, everyone knows they're addicted to their phones. Um, the fact that people are even admitting it here is quite interesting. But no one, because the effects aren't quite as explicit, like you say, drugs or alcohol, um, the measures people take just don't seem to be there, even though most people do seem to realise that it can cause problems. So we'll move on to that interview that we were talking about earlier with the lecturer who completely banned uh, technology from her lecture theatre um, and how uh, mindfulness was uh, kind of implemented uh, alongside that change as well. Felix, would you like to tell us uh, a little bit more about what Dr Susan Johnson uh, told us uh, when we spoke to her? 
Well, um, Dr. Johnson has been a strong proponent of meditation um, in practice, which she says has greatly benefited her. And she thought that maybe we could apply it in the university setting. So she did a test in this unit, and not only did she ban all technology, as I said at the beginning, uh, but she also uh, introduced uh, mindfulness. So we did five minutes of mindfulness at the beginning of each lecture, and then we weren't allowed to look at our screens for the entire two hours. Um, it was quite interesting because you could tell that she was um, definitely testing it out. It was a bit quite experimental, wasn't it? It was quite. It's quite experimental, uh, but maybe this is you know something that could be extended because I know that it's helped me focus more in her lectures. It's helped other students focus in in the lecture. But it only works, I think, if you accept it. Because if you reject the idea and you think, oh, I'm not going to come to the lecture because I want to be on my computer to take notes, when in fact you're just going to be on social media, you're not going to get any benefits or try out that new method. I think it is quite interesting though that, I mean, something we've neglected so far is the, the, the brilliant benefits that we don't really need to go into detail of in terms of efficiency and, and access to information that we can have uh, in lecture theatres uh, with this technology. Uh, and I, I don't think we should play that down. It is, a lot of students have, that is our norm, um, that technology. So to have uh, one lecture where that is, uh, that, that, that's banned and that's, that's taken away from us, um, might be rejected by students mm -hmm. and that might not work well. Uh, I mean she everyone. hasn't banned it for people with learning um, requirements. So people who do require it for learning, yes. it, like if they've broken their arm or they have a problem then they can use it. So yeah that, that's something that we were going to go on to, mm -hmm. I was going to bring up later, um, and it's not something uh, that we looked at in incredible depth um, in the article, but it's something that, we, that caught our eye uh, later on obviously for, for students with disabilities uh, technology can provide um, well it can make learning much more accessible which is is something that is absolutely vital um, in um, the kind of academic sphere you know where this technology really allows us to open up um, you know access to degrees in higher education to, to a much wider group of people uh, and to engage those who might have previously been uh, shut out from that um, and again that's something that we don't want to neglect when, when we talk about this. Um, so moving uh, quickly on, Nicola spoke to a few of her tutors um, to see uh, what the kind of feeling was like um, with staff who dealt with students in, in smaller groups and in more uh, intimate separate settings perhaps. Yeah, so for me, um, like Felix was saying, um, there are bad effects of always being on your phone such as IQ points falling, not being able to concentrate and absorb things first time. But I don't think this is really going to hit home with a lot of people. So I decided to look at how it actually affects those around them. Because sometimes if you know you're causing upset to someone else, then that might make you more inclined to change your ways than if you're just experiencing the effects yourself. So I spoke to a few tutors um, who teach in, like Glenn was saying, much more um, close environments. It's just in the classroom. There'll be a few students and the tutor right there in front of them. There's no lecture theatre to hide at the back of. There's no desk to hide your phone under. Um, so some of them were saying that it's frustrating more than anything because they can see the, the students there. We're all adults, so they're not just going to say, oh, get off your phone or listen to me it's not primary school anymore but 
when they've put a lot of time into preparing their lessons or they've structured it really well to help the students and they're just being ignored, it, it's, it's frustrating more than anything. Some of the others argued that it was actually a sign that they needed to make their tutorials more interactive or, or more in engaging. So you could say that it's a kind of harsh indicator of the effectiveness of the tutorial, but whether this is really fair, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, it's interesting to see that when we talk to different different kinds of people, especially tutors, mm. all said that they wanted to keep technology yeah. in in the classroom. Whilst you could have, I would have thought or assumed that they perceived it as a quite a disrespectful thing for students to be on their phones. Oh, yeah. But certainly, you in that case, yeah. You wouldn't sit um, in a tutorial reading a newspaper or reading a book, would you? It's no different. Um, so you could just say it's it's plain it's plain manners to switch off your phone and listen to someone else if they're trying to help you out. But then, like Glenn was saying, there's the argument that you've got this whole wealth of information at your fingertips. You've got a more powerful device than ever right there to help you look up definitions and things. Some of the tutors said that it provided um, a slightly less intimidating way of asking questions. Um, some people just might be too scared to put their hands up in tutorials um, and now this provides them with the opportunity to Google a question quickly to catch up. But um, so could you guys tell me a little bit more about um, how looking into this has affected your relationship with technology um, and if you've changed your behaviour and your relationships with your phone uh, at all? So I definitely tried to go phone free for a few days as I write um, in, in the story. Uh, I ran into like a really uh, simple issue which is you need your phone to get on the bus so you don't you don't really have a choice at uni and you know your timetables on your phone you need to check readings that's all online so you're connected even to do your laundry you need to do a top up online if you live on campus. Um, the way I've approached it is if I don't use my phone before 11, if I don't check anything I don't need to check on my phone before 11 a.m., uh, then that's the start of a productive day. Uh, but if I start checking, then I'm just going to spiral down website one, website two, Wikipedia, social media, YouTube, and I'm reading about how beavers build their dams, and <laughs> which is not useful for my politics degree. So. <laughs> It is a real test of willpower. I find you actually have to put more and more bar barriers between you and your device. So at first I decided, right, I'm not going to check my phone. That didn't work. Checked it within about 10 yeah, minutes. Yeah, that doesn't work. Yeah. Strategy two was switch it off at the start of the lesson. That was definitely more effective because mm. you go, you sometimes you'd even pick it up, see it was off and then think, rethink. Yeah, consider, put it and away. you don't want to bother to turn it on and wait. So, exactly, yeah. yeah. So that's one kind of boundary. Um, a few days ago, I was getting so bored in my lectures that even having it switch off, I was switching it back on. Like I thought it was worth it. I might find something in my emails. So um, recently, I've started not taking my phone at all, and mm. this was hard for a few days. You do start to feel some kind of withdrawal. Um, but I found after a week of doing, oh god, that sounds like a long time, doesn't it? After a week of not doing it, I'm suddenly fine, and I'm enjoying my lectures more. I'm feeling way more engaged. I'm starting to instead of getting distracted by social media, I'm getting distracted by questions about maths. I know. <laughs> Best way to be fun, distracted. Fun. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So uh, I think that's all we've really got to say there, um, and that's um, the first of part one of four parts. Good of a Duck and Go podcast related to uh, issue five of Bath Time. Uh, it's out now. Um, you can pick it up all across campus. We've got uh, distribution bins uh, in the SU, uh, in Fountain Canteen, and in the STV and the library.
uh, if you go there. Um, so keep an eye out. Um, the other three parts uh, are to follow. Uh, Felix will be uh, taking the lead on the news and comment section, uh, yes. and Nicola on the lifestyle section, uh, and they'll be coming out very soon. Uh, hope you enjoyed. <laughs>